Ladies and gentlemen, we're back for another one. I'm Charles Greaves. I'm Jeff Dye. And welcome to the Bad Good Parent Podcast. We have a special guest today in the house, Alonzo Bowden. Give it up for Alonzo. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm good to, good to be here, a person with no kids. <laughs> so two out of three We're in good people, company, yeah, Two yeah. out of three people on the parenting podcast don't have kids. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm intentionally a, here because I don't have kids. I have a dog. I have a dog, which people say is not the same. <laughs> yeah, but you have a great day. No, but he's a great day, yeah. He's Which fantastic. means, like, a baby will be potty trained within, what, five years? How long does it take? Oh, um, A Great Dane never gets potty trained. Never. No, that's not true. No, what? they actually train quick. As a matter of fact, reading, they say that Danes train quicker than most dogs. Because they're they're stopping the it's learned how to poop by just going outside and making you clean it. <laughs> <laughs> it goes, oh, he's trained. It's like, no, that's not trained. No, all dogs do that. Right. right. My mother used to say, my mom passed some years ago, but she used to say that if aliens came to the planet, they would think dogs were in charge. Absolutely. Because people are walking behind them cleaning their poop at all times. The aliens would be like, aliens be like, wait a minute, (laughs) we need to talk to the four-legged furry ones. A hundred percent. No, we, my daughter, she trained very early. Before she was two, she was pie trained and uh, we got on a plane. Yeah, before, right before she was two, because I was, I was performing at Gotham in New York. And I had her on the plane with me, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I hope it stuck. Because she had been probably trained for, like, four months by that time. And then we get off the plane, and they made us wait for our rental car for, like, three and a half hours. And it was a nightmare. She couldn't handle it. She lost it. She peed and pooped everywhere. Mm. And I was like, God damn it. Like, such a regression. I was so pissed. I never forgave JFK. (laughs) wait how did she learn so quick was it incentive based were you just like you get candy if you do this right no we did this thing where we she has no like no bottoms on like no diaper no you know and i'm like if you poo or pee it's everywhere so you gotta tell me when you gotta go okay and it worked immediately like it's like a three-day thing that you're supposed to do like you expect accidents or whatever but fortunately like after like a day she was like okay like Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on the potty. So she went on the potty one time and she was like, oh, this is so much better than it getting all my legs yeah. and all up on me. So she was like, this is it. So now we have a son. I'm nervous because the, the the second he came out of the womb, he was peeing on everything. Right. I put him down to, on a on the table and uh, took his diaper off to check it. And he was like, now's the time. And he just peed on everything. And I was like, this yeah. Sucks. Totally different gender. You got to <laughs> yeah. learn how to do that. Well, how'd you learn the Great Dane? How'd you teach that guy? I um, so I have a deck behind the house. I got a little one of those little plastic kiddie pools and put grass in it, turf, smart, and use that. I would just take him right out there, and he picked up on it. I'm gonna say within a couple of weeks he picked up on it, and then he would hold it like when let's see when I got him he was nine weeks old. So he could only hold it for a few hours. Mm-hmm. So that so for the first like month, I had to walk him a lot, like five, six times a day. And then, you know, just over time, it just became less and less. So now he just turned a year. So I still walk him four times a day, but that's because I want to, not because yeah. he has to. Those Great Danes, I heard they get like bloat. That bloat is a danger. But bloat, the danger of bloat is mainly when you feed them. You can't let them What's eat bloat? too fast. Their stomach so, turns. Yeah, what happens with oh. bloat, their stomach fills with gas. This happens to all, it could happen to any big dog or giant dog, I should say. Yeah. They're considered giants. 
their body has space in it. So what happens is they're, if they eat really fast or if they run or play right after they eat, their gas expands in their stomach and they can't, dogs can't like fart and get rid of it as easily as humans. Mm. So the stomach twists. And then once the stomach twists, if you don't get them to a vet to get surgery right away, That's they'll right. die. Damn. It's, uh, yeah, That's I mean, so it's kind of like you have to, I look at it like swimming. Like for one hour after he eats, can't do anything. And they don't want to. They eat and then he's like, do you know, they sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah. Giant dogs sleep a lot. But yeah, he'll just like, like now I fed him. So I fed him. I knew I was coming here one thirty, right? So I fed him around 11. Then about 1230, we went for a walk, quick 10 minute. And then I just put him down and now he's just sleep. He's like, all right, I'll take a nap. And then we'll go out when you get back. So... It's something to be aware of. Only That's a parent right there. See, he's planning. He's, he gets He it. knows. He's doing the thing. Yeah, listen, I, I love my dog. My dog is actually, between the pandemic and my dog, I don't want to go to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> sit around the house with him, chill out. The yeah, but all of our work is yeah. so fun. Yeah. And no, sure. I mean, work is fun. But the pandemic, I don't know about for you guys, but for me, it was the first time in 25 years that I slowed down. Sure. And it was like, wow, this is okay. You okay. know, this is this is okay. If, if I had, um, I, I joke with uh, Billy Gardell. I said, man, if I had mailbox money like you, I wouldn't leave the house. <laughs> but, uh, 25 years you've been in comedy now? 29. 29. Next week is 29 years. Damn. Good for you, man. Yeah. So. And how long for you, Jeff, again? 15. 15. Okay. Around the same for me. Yeah, I started in 04. Okay. Yeah, I started in 05. So you're longer than me. A little bit. But you're more famous than I am. Well, I don't know. Well, he's good measure looking. Any of that. Jeff's good looking yeah, guy. That's the secret. That's the secret. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but we have no kids. And I have two, uh, two now. You got and, two. I, and I have two dogs. I got none. Family. I've been pretty vocal about all that. But what, what, what made you decide to not have kids, or did you not, not decide? No, it, it wasn't. Ever... It wasn't so much a decision. Um, it was a number of things. One, just on a personal level, it was like, does the world need another one of me? <laughs> nah. <laughs> But it was also, see, I started comedy late, right? I started when I was 30. So the time most people have kids, which is in their 30s, as you know, I'm a starting out comic. I'm happy to make 50 bucks a night, sure. which ain't going to raise a kid. And I didn't want to, I didn't want the responsibility to have to get a job. Like I had no, from the first time I did comedy, I had no doubt it's what I was going to do. So nothing was going to get in the way of that. So having a kid is a different responsibility, different priority, and I just didn't want to do that, yeah. you know? So I just never Smart. did it. And then, um, yeah, and then I, I just, life went on, and I'm just not, a, I've never been a relationship guy. I've never been good at it, and it was never a goal, you know? I was just recently talking with my brother about this, because he's been married 20 years, and I said, we were talking about my mom and this and that, and people, because people ask, and I'm like, no, nah, I never got any pressure to get married. And he said they had talked about it, and they said, nah, he found his passion, so he's good. If he does anything <laughs> else, fine, but he's he's found what he loves. And and actually, the girlfriend I had right before I, well, actually, when I started comedy, she I don't know if she was psychic or she just saw <laughs> something or what. She said, that's going to be your wife, and any woman will only be a mistress. Wow. She knew that from my first year in she comedy. She was on top somehow. of it. Yeah. Well, she just knew so, you real well. Yeah, she she knew it. She saw it. How long did you date her before you started comedy? Uh, we dated for about a year, year and a half. And then we weren't like, when I started comedy, it was after we had broken up. We were friends mm, by okay. then. But 
Yeah. That makes but sense. But she was my first accountant, so she always said that, you know, <laughs> she said that uh, I didn't get the man, but I did get his money. So, <laughs> Damn. When I first started comedy, that's what every, like, all these guys would take me out on the road. All these, like, local, they're not, I don't, I feel bad, like, I'm insulting them by calling them local guys. But they were the biggest comics I knew, and they still live in Seattle. Right, they were regional uh, headliners. Yeah, and, and great guys. You know, uh, Kermit Apio. I know. Yeah, uh, Kermit Holiday. Two mm-hmm. Kermits. I'm two sorry, Kermits. Two Kermits. Um, you know, Vince Valenzuela, Dwayne Goad, Brad Upton, all these guys. And they would just bring me on the road with them. And one of the things they would always say, maybe I shouldn't share this, but they would go, they, I, we get to a point in the conversation where they go, hey, just so you know, you know. Love is good, you know, women are great, all that stuff, you're probably going to fall in love, but just, you know, it's going to be a lot easier to do this career if it's just you, you just got to look out for you. When you move, it's a decision that only you're making for yourself, or if you need to, like, crash yes. on a buddy's couch, you can't crash on your buddy's couch with a girlfriend and a baby, or what, you know, so he's like, it's, it's going to be a lot easier if you can just do this on your own, and that's what made me kind of not even consider having kids this entire Interesting. Time. Yeah, I kind of was on a different path because I grew up in like my my house was always broken up uh, but I knew early on that I was like I want to have a stable life because my dad had uh, he, he was cheating on my mom and had three kids outside of the marriage sure. and then my mom was just always at work and we didn't get along she was crazy I was like I, this is too unstable for me mm-hmm. so when I you know graduated college I was still dating my you know my my wife now and uh, I was like, look, I got to, uh, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And thankfully she was super supportive and she was like, yeah. all right, like, let's go. But, you know, as soon as she graduated, she got her doctorate, boom, we got on the road and headed to LA and it's never been an issue as far as like, Hey, you got to go on the road and travel. Like I went with Drew to, to, uh, Caroline's mm-hmm. and it was not like, she was like, all right, go. Yeah, I got the kids, whatever. You know what I mean? And just like when you asked me to go to Connecticut this year. Yeah. And I was like, all right. You had I, a baby. Had, we just had a baby. <laughs> no, you had the baby then. I did, yeah. And I was like, that's the one time I can't go. But um, but you have your shit together more than most do when they decide to start comedy. I can't speak for Alonzo, but like when I first started comedy, I was like, I lived in a car. <laughs> like I did, you know, there was, yeah. and also, so that's. I can blame it on comedy, but that was more of the reason of why I didn't have like a stable woman in my life. Is because what I didn't have anything to offer a girl. You know, it's just me going like, ah, can I? She'd have had to see some potential. Yeah, <laughs> and I wasn't too proud grab, of myself let me grab either. This one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't very no, proud of I will, myself. I will tell you this now: when comic friends of mine, like young comics, because I've been an old guy for the last eight, maybe even ten years. Like old guy in the biz that young comics come to me for advice, <laughs> stuff like that, you know. Sage and, advice, sage advice. And what I tell them, the ones that do have a kid or a wife or something, I say, hang on to that because that's something real. Sure. Because nothing in this business is real. So if you have something in your life that's real, hold on to that. You know, they, they, come on, this business is, I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it's fickle comedy, entertainment, and all of that. But you can't believe this shit is real. Everyone loves you. Mm-hmm. And it's this, I, I always said, I never got a job from someone who loved me. <laughs> right? Never. Never once. It's, oh, we love you. We want to be in the business. Nah, you know, no, you don't. Yeah, yeah. If you do, you'll offer me a gig. <laughs> you right, know, right. you come with something real. So, it's fun. It's glamorous. It's exciting. I've seen the world. That's probably the biggest gift I've gotten out of comedy. I'm looking at your map of the world. I've been everywhere on that map except South America. 
Brazil wow. is the only place that I'd want to go that I haven't been. Who, um, who books Antarctica? Uh, that's a cruise gig. Oh, <laughs> you did no. that? No, I haven't, but I do know people who have. But oh, no, nice. I haven't done Antarctica. Uh, I have been near the Arctic, though. I've been to Greenland a couple of times. Oh, nice. So I've been within Dang. 600 miles of the Arctic Circle a few times. Yeah, there's, there's really no... And I haven't been to Russia. Uh, but there's not much on there I haven't seen. And all that stuff is great. But, like I say, if you're going to have something real, then go for it. I agree with that. Christmas morning comes and you go, wait a minute. Where's comedy this morning? Yeah. No, no comedy's waking me up with a cup of coffee and saying she loves me. It's very true. Very true. Although, when she wakes up, she doesn't say, I love you. She's like, change the diapers. Yeah, but well, that's something, isn't it? You said real. <laughs> it is real. It's tangible. I can, I can hold it. So you've done a lot of traveling. Good for you. I, uh, I've done some traveling, but just, you know, what's crazy is I've traveled more before comedy with like martial arts and, and all the sports I was into, boxing and everything and wrestling. I've traveled more with that than I did with comedy. Yeah. Comedy, I'm like, I stay local out and then, or I go to New York. Or if like Kira took me to Vegas, that was dope. Uh, but I don't travel a lot with comedy. It's kind of two careers. There are some who do like you did, who's just stay in L.A., and they try to get on TV and film and, and stuff like that. Or they stay in New York trying to do the same thing. And then there are those of us who just go out grinding. And I, I probably spent too much time grinding. And it became what I became that. But um, I, don't, I don't know. No regrets. You know, uh, you know, you, you like, had I stayed in town, would I have gotten on a TV show? And I said, who knows, man? I, that's the lottery end of the business. Right. You know, ultimately, it's a lottery end of the business. But you're doing well for yourself now. You do. Listen, you do. it beats honest work. You know, <laughs> that, that's my thing. It just beats honest work. I'll take this. And I've day. done honest work, so I know. <laughs> I get it. So what we do here on the podcast, uh, we like to ask our guests to bring in a parenting fail and we'll talk about it, pick it apart. You know, uh, either one that you had as a child yourself with your own parents or as an adult with your parents. Um or one that you had with your kids. Now, Alonzo, you say you don't have a kid, but you do have the Hulk, who is a dope dog, by the way. Well, I imagine oh, you got for... nieces and nephews and yeah, all that. Yeah, I got nieces and nephews. Um, That'll count. Yeah, that counts for sure. You don't know, I thought about this, right, when you told me about this. So, in my life, I couldn't say I have, or I couldn't say I remember any specific parenting fail. Like, there was, you know, this instance they did that. But the one... And I'm hesitant to call it a failure, but it's something. No, it's something I wish. Life lessons from Alonzo. I wish that they they had done different. I wish they had maybe known better. That that's the best way I'm put it. I wish my parents had known better. I was never rewarded for success. It was expected. Interesting. Um, I excelled in school, but I'm the third kid, right? I have an older brother, older sister, and they excelled in school. And when I say excelled, I mean like top 10%, skip the grade, all of that, the best you could, you know. And it was never rewarded. It was like, well, you're supposed to, you know. <laughs> so, Damn, that's so and the way it has, a, well, it wasn't so much pressure. The pressure was to always do something else, right? You just become an overachiever because anything you achieve, the moment I achieve it, it's not that big a deal because it's what I do. So now I got to do something else. Where it affected me in comedy in my career is I've never been big on self-promotion because I've never looked at what I do as great. Mm. So, so had I learned more about 
the reward side or, or make it special or this or that. Because people who are good in self-promotion and it's part of his business, you got to go out and say, hey, look at me, look right. at me, look at me, look Which at me. Which is hard. It is. That I'm, so, well, more embarrassing sometimes. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't have that. I, I don't have that. So that would be the one thing I wish that I had been uh, taught more, more self-confidence, more you are special for doing this. This is a great thing you did. I would have liked to have more than that. More of interesting. That. Did your parents ever give you an op? Like, was there ever a moment where you did something and they like, and you were super proud of it, and they're like, "Uh, where's the rest of it? Like, what's up?" No, no, it wasn't like that. They didn't belittle it. They just, it was just what you were expected to do. Okay, you know, so I had a moment like for, that. For example, like with my brother, who I've always looked up to, right? Older brother had a career at IBM, retired, started his own company, techie all his life, this and that. And we were just talking about it one day and I always thought my brother was so smart, this and that. He was like, oh, your grades were much better than mine. He was like, you were much, and I never knew that. Like I never, he was like, you took calculus in high school. He said, what are you kidding? And it, to me, it <laughs> why was didn't like, mom and dad tell me? Right. That? Nobody told me that that was something great to do yeah. calculus in high school. To me, it was like, oh, well, it's what I did, you know? So yeah, Shaq's dad like took down. He was like, "You got this trophy. You can hold it for a day, and then we throw it in the garage or whatever, or we throw it away." Because he's like, "You know, don't look at those past achievements. We got to look forward or whatever." I, I guess. I mean, for me, I had a moment like that when my mom. I brought home a, a grade where I was like, super excited. I got a ninety-eight on the math test, and uh, she was downstairs doing somebody's hair or whatever. And I showed her the, the test, and she's like, "Where's the other two points?" And she laughed at it. She's like, you know, you couldn't get the other two. And I was like, all right, well, I'm yeah. stupid. Now, this is this is the end of that conversation. So that's the relationship I have. Now you know why I'm anti-mom. No, I'm not anti-mom. But um, that's interesting that you, your brother, like, so you guys never even discussed that stuff. Growing no, up. no, we didn't really talk about it. I mean, it's the other extreme from the joke of the millennial kids, right, who get a trophy for waking up in the morning. <laughs> like, so, so I grew up at the other extreme of right. that where you did, you would excel in something, but you never, nobody ever told you that, you know, mm. like even like playing ball. Like I grew up, um, yeah, I was okay basketball player, right? But I didn't realize I was playing with guys who were really good basketball players. So so me being okay, I was still pretty good. Sure. A lot of these guys went on to play college ball and this and that. And it wasn't until I left my neighborhood and moved here to L.A. and started playing with other guys. I was like, oh, oh, I'm better than these guys. Now, <laughs> I also met guys who went pro who were like that. There's nothing more fun. I don't know if you've had that experience of playing ball with somebody who's professional and see it like because you always wonder could I yeah no I've never wondered that yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah but you I mean five minutes five quick. minutes you're like no no completely different game that yeah. you're playing I, I, I know you're a Clippers guy and I used to be I, I've yeah, converted yeah. I traded mm -hmm. sold out um but I remember one time in the basketball comedy basketball league, we had a guy, a videographer, come down. L.A. Great place for us. We knew mm -hmm. this kid is probably going to cut together something great. We had him shoot all of us. I'm, I made like you know I had like three blocks that game. I had one little dunk. I don't hang on the rim or nothing, but just a little dunk. And then all these guys were shoot, like um, Ari Shafir, Adam Ray. They were burying threes. Everyone's really hamming it up for this mm -hmm. videographer. He made the video. Our eyes are used to pros. We were terrible. We were so <laughs> slow. My yep. dunk looked pathetic. It looked, I mean, like everything about it, because we're just so used to seeing pros mm -hmm. that you realize, like, oh, yeah, we're horrible. Yeah, we're terrible. I had a moment like that when I moved out here and started training at the wild card with Freddie Roach. And uh, 
I was begging him, like, please let me spar with Manny Pacquiao. This is back in 2007. I was like, please let, or 06 was when I first moved here. I was like, let me spar with him, let me spar. And uh, he's like, no, like, not right now. Like, I'm going to let you spar with some of these other guys that are his sparring partners. And I, you know, I'm coming off, I won two golden gloves. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm legit. Like, I'm fine. I was getting the shit kicked out of me. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I got to step my game up. Humble pie. Yeah. Finally, he did. He let me spar with him one time. And, uh, also a very humbling experience because I thought I was doing well in the first round. Man, second, he's going 20%. Oh, he barely was doing anything. It was like a warm-up for him. Yeah. And it was crazy because the he closes the gap so fast. Like he'll you'll be, you know, five feet apart and you blink an eye and he's right in front of you. And you're like, oh my God, like how's this guy move so fast? And you want like <laughs> now you know why he's a world champion for so long. The best and, in the world. I will say, though, the thing that we just talked about, the millennials getting participation trophies for just, like, waking up, right? Or you excelling and being, you know, like, an incredibly smart student that's a well above everyone and not really getting to even relish in it. Those are both parenting fails. You can't blame the millennial or the Alonzo Bowden. Like, these are the parents. Right, yeah. It's, it's not the kid going, where the hell is my participation trophy? I just woke up. That's a parent fail. Yeah, and and but that's why I say I wish they knew better because you know, it was a different time, okay. And being black at that time, so I grew up in this. I was born in '62, so '60s and '70s. I'm going to school, and we were of the generation. They were like, do well in school, get a good job. That was see, it, it was like generational, right? Because my parents' generation, they they had to deal with legal segregation and and all of that. So to them, your parents were black too. Yeah. Yeah, both of them. Well, the story well, you actually, told me no, them sound pretty Asian. No, actually. actually, this is this is what's interesting. My my dad is actually an immigrant. My dad was from Honduras. Now he looks black, so the minute he came to the United States, he assimilated into the black sure. culture. Yeah, this is something. Sense. Had he come over now, I'd be able to speak Spanish and everything right. else. But back then, you you lost your culture. But to them, it was about get a job, and this is why like civil service jobs were real popular with black people back then because the government didn't discriminate. It was mm-hmm. one of the few places you get a job and get paid the same as a white guy doing the same Interesting. job. Interesting. The government. But, but that was <laughs> that was their thing. That was so that's what they did. And then their thing was we want our kids to go to school to get a good job. Go to school, get a good and that was what they pounded into us, right? And then the next generation, which my brother mentors and works with they're teaching them now. You got to start a company. You got to mm-hmm. own the company. So that so, the attitude changed. So they were doing the best they could, because it's what they were. And he did right. What he started, they were he said he started yeah. a tech mm-hmm. company. Yeah. They they were doing what they knew. You know, just like with the millennial parents, right? They read all of these books that said, you know, make the Be child nice. special, yeah, worship yeah. the kid. It's all about the kid. Let this them cry. And that. Yeah, and so their kids. So the millennials grew up with this weird sense of entitlement as if they've accomplished something just for existing right and then they hit the real world and it's like mm, no not really why isn't everything being <laughs> yeah like i don't gotta work for anything what's what's happening this is weird yeah i guess that's a parent fail for sure it is. Yeah. i don't blame those little shits but i mean i do they annoy do. me but i i blame the parents for doing that because i remember like let's i use this i was gonna use this example as a comedy bit a long time ago but like when i played baseball you know, I was good. I was very good. And I got that trophy and felt good. But when I was playing basketball and they gave me the same trophy, I remember thinking like, no. 
<laughs> no, I'm terrible. I, like, they don't even put me in unless we're up by, like, 60 points. Right. Like, I know I don't deserve this trophy, and they're still giving it to me. Like, Anthony Medina should be getting all of our trophies. He's carrying the team. But in baseball, I'd see it. I'd be like, Eric Barron's got a trophy? Like, I'm like... So I was even able to realize how dumb it was. Well, there's a... there's a uh, He's one of the best wrestlers ever. Um, Olympic wrestler Jordan Burroughs. He talked about it, and he says, like... I I'm okay with a participation trophy, and his explanation was interesting. He he said like, I he remembers when he did a kid wrestling tournament. He did terrible. Like he was young, he did terrible, and he got the trophy. And his coach explained to him like, you know, the fact that you put, the effort that you put in is the reason why you're getting this because mm-hmm. you could have quit, you couldn't have done this. Yeah. And he was like, I remember that, and he's like, and I that strive to do better because I wanted the bigger trophy. Yeah. And, you know, so he's like, I kept that trophy and I loved it. And, uh, you know, for some people it works out well and other people are like, Hey Jeff, you can't dunk, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's teach his own, I guess. It's I wonder if bit. your older brother is, you have older brothers? Or yeah. Older, older brother and an older sister. I wonder if they'd have done terrible in school. Your parents would have really shined to your A's. I don't know because that never came up. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Smart. Like the idea of doing, like, I got in more trouble at school than they did. I had a big mouth, obviously, yeah, I've gone pro. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I got in more trouble in school than they ever did. And that came up, but it was like my grades were enough to cover it. That's great. Yeah. You know? so like, at least he's, it's not that like he's goofing off. And yeah. It was it. like, you know, I was one of those, like, now if, you know, the psychologists and this and that, they'd be like, oh, he's bored. Yeah. He's just, skip him up a grade. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's bored. So we're not you challenging give him, him some challenge. Yeah, he's like, no, I can do both. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they tried that with my daughter when she was, uh, she was in transitional kindergarten because we kept her back because she was born late. She was mm-hmm. in July. And we put her in school and I pick her up one day. All right, it's like the first week of school. And she's like, Mr. Greaves, come here. The teacher's like, Mr. Greaves, come here. I was like, oh, great. Like, you're a week? You're in school for oh, a week. she was in trouble. Yeah. And she, because they played it up. Yeah. And she was like, Delilah, get over here. And she comes over. And she's like, show show your dad right now. She's like scrambling through her bag. And she's like, get out of the way. Let me do it. And I'm like, damn, this teacher is legit. She's yeah. crazy. So she reaches in and she pulls out this thing. She's like, ah, oh, we were just messing with you. She's finished her like here's her rainbow card or whatever i was like rainbow card she's like oh we do this reading rainbow thing and she finished the year's worth of reading in the first week so she's done that's amazing and i was like that's, oh, that's what you want well because i was home with her you know being home with her every day i taught her how to read early mm-hmm. like my wife and i like when my wife would get home she would read this book to her i would read to her so she learned how to read real fast and when she got there i was like nervous i'm like you know, I'm holding you into this class because you're so much smaller than everybody. You were born in July. Let me put you in the, the year a year back. And I thought they were going to skip her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please, like, that's not what I want. And the teacher, thank God, she looked at me. She's like, I know what your concern is. Don't worry. We're not going to skip her. Although she can, we're not going to skip her. And then when she went into kindergarten, that teacher was like, yeah, she should be in second grade right now. I'm like, that's not going to happen. I'm not like she because emotionally she's not there she doesn't know how to communicate with kids mm. I was like, you don't she doesn't know how to communicate with kids now imagine much older kids right. that's not gonna happen imagine 20 years from now when she does a podcast <laughs> about the parental fail of her dad not letting her jump <laughs> to the second grade my dad yeah, kept exactly. saying, yeah but you can't talk yeah. to big kids so. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you're right you're right so i know uh, uh, 
I, know, I actually dated a woman who was actually a genius. Like it used to, really? it used to blow my mind. Like I was like, "You're really a <laughs> yeah. genius!" Like she went to Harvard when she was 16. I was yeah. like, "You're a genius!" That's like awesome. you, like genius. people say you're a genius. Like, but you really are. Yeah. Like you have it on paper measured. Yeah. You're a genius. Yeah, like, it's, that's worth bragging about. <laughs> yeah, that that was just that's just a weird existence. Can you imagine? Six, just, yeah, that must be horrible to argue with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was well. She's a lawyer, so it was, oh, so she's yeah, good at she that too. Yeah, Forget I, lo- I love dumb girls. <laughs> I love you know because they're like, yeah, man, you're so smart. I know oh, I am man. smart, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. Just to them, I am. That's a perfect place to take a break. We'll be back and we'll talk about some parenting fails that we have from our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Uh, we have Alonzo Bowden in the house today, and we're going to be talking about a parenting fail that we got from the internet. Uh, again, send us your parenting fails. We would like to know They've been how. Great sh- so far. This is my favorite part of it. Yeah. Every time. You guys are shitty parents. Send so some please. good ones. Assault. <laughs> and a lot of negligence. A lot of leaving the kid in the car. A lot of you're okay. Brush it up. You mean like they forget the kid in the car? A lot of that's it. that's fascinating, but I guess it could happen. Just common, you know. Could happen, yeah. Everyone drives. But now they have a monitor, right? They have a thing like the car beeps that there's someone <laughs> in there. Interesting. They're like, that's weird. I got the key, and I yeah, turn the lights some, off. There's a thing that that makes a noise if you leave something in the oh, back. Oh yeah, seat. the whole human. I forgot that. Oh man, when I left, I I I'll never forget leaving my daughter in the car that one time. Yeah, that's like, the worst thing that happened to me when I was a kid. Oh my god, this. There's sweat another story down. she's gonna have when she does a <laughs> Yeah. She knows. She knows. Um, but there was, you know, there was a time where she, we were getting dressed or whatever. And I'm like, go brush your teeth. And she was running around with the dog. She jumped off the bed and smashed her head into the ground. And I just hear her scream for a second and stop. And I go and she's passed out on the floor. I'm like, great. Oh, my God. I was like, I killed my daughter. She and cracked her head good. Yeah, she did. That was the time I told you. Like, the ambulance came in and I got the bill for the ambulance. I'm oh, like, yeah. I get why people don't call ambulances. <laughs> and I see why you do this podcast. You're a terrible father. I am. You He's are like, really just not good stories. at this at all. You, you're on the internet looking for worse than you to feel good <laughs> right, about that's what this, is. this is all You about. need to step up your game. I do. That's this is all. I just want to feel better. That's exactly better. what this segment He's is. Here. He's here to say he's a better parent than the two guys with no kids that's why we're here keeps inviting us on um but i actually like uh you know See i forgot his voice did. went up just now because yeah. yeah i never yeah. thought of it like mm-hmm. that yeah thanks alonzo made me feel so much better about myself. i think we had a break <laughs> <laughs> um so let's get into this story uh i was a children's librarian uh there was a small fire so we were trying to get everyone out of the building the father ran out with his five-year-old daughter he uh, she was hysterical when we realized what had what he had done, we took her hand and started walking her out. I don't understand that. When you realize what you when you realize what he had done, that's really strange. Like he walked out with his kid. What? That's weird. Anyway, uh, when we finally found her dad outside, she was crying and told him that she left her stuffed animal inside. <laughs> he grabbed her by the hand and they ran back in the building. So this motherfucker got his daughter out. What she wants? (laughs) Got her out of the fire. It was like, if I'm going back in there, so are you. Yeah. And grabbed her by the hand and ran inside back. So he grabbed her by the hand and they ran back in the building. We kept screaming that it wasn't just a drill; it was a real fire, a small one, but still a real fire. This dude grabbed his kid by the hand and was like, "If I'm gonna risk my life." 
for your dumbass stump you thing. Do that sometimes. You are coming in there Teamwork. with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that you know, honestly, that's the easy joke. But I bet it was like she, he wouldn't know where it was. He would so he grabbed her, not thinking about the fire, just thinking she knew where it was. People don't think in those situations. Oh, yeah. You're being a lot so, nicer than me. Yeah, I am because I, I. And also, when they say that this is not a drill, it's a real fire. That tells me that the fire wasn't big enough for him to see it. Yeah, there'd be there was no smoke. Or it wasn't whatever, like yeah. running into a burning building. There was there was a fire in the building, but it wasn't obvious, or he wouldn't have run back in. I'd have just told the the kid. I'd say, listen, you're actually your stuffed animal got out. It's, we got to wait for this thing, but whatever happens when there's a fire, the stuffed animals run to a store. So we just got to find that store that your stuffed animal just ran to. Just lie to the kid. Yeah, we lie to kids all the time. I don't. You don't? I don't. What did you do on Christmas? Oh, I, she already knows. My there's daughter. no Santa stuff? No Santa. No Santa talk? None. No That's tooth fairy, I don't nothing. Know what I'm talking about. I can't, I just can't. don't want my kid in a burning building. I would just say, hey, let's go get you a new one. <laughs> but I would do it creatively we'll to go get him a new one. one. Like, right. like, yeah, some say that's a teachable moment, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a teachable moment. And we don't know how old the little girl was or anything like that. But I think that it wasn't a wildly burning fire or he wouldn't have run back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's like a small fire in the building. Yeah. And he said, let's go get your toy because he didn't know where it was. That's like a bad cartoon if there's flames coming out and he's like, all right, let's go back. Mm. Like that, like that's like a vaudevillian. Yeah. No, I want to say that. I'm going that's with. I guess. I'm going with he was a terrible dude. And it was just like, you know what? I'm I'm risking my life. So the fuck are you? Let's go back in here and you show me where it is. Inhale the smoke, whatever it is. I think he just was like, I don't care. That like, would be a parenting fail. Yeah, but we have also here. established that you're here looking for parenting. <laughs> I want to feel better That's about right, myself. I would like to feel better about myself. So get on board and understand that this guy is a terrible dude. It took his kid back. You can't tell me that I don't like, oh, I, I want to find just find at that point. I'm like, I'll find anything and bring it out. Like you stay here. I'll get it. If it yeah. meant that much. Also, you're her dad. You would know. I just stuffed the animals. Like, what was it? A, if it was a laptop. Maybe. You know, maybe. We got to grab a laptop. It's expensive. But a stuffed animal. What's the most expensive stuff? My PS5 the is in there. All right. Let's. Yeah. We'll go get that. <laughs> I left my cell phone or something. You know, that's something. <laughs> but like a, a stuffed animal. That's so replaceable. And if I don't it was know, a small Charles. Fire, you've been around screaming inconsolable kid. That's very true. Little girl loses her favorite whatever stuffed bear or something that, you know, you're the dad. You're like, I got to listen to this. I got to listen to my <laughs> daughter screaming and crying. Right. This is this is that's ripping his heart out. So, yeah, I'm just thinking he's on emotion, not thinking and just ran in and came out. Now, if she had gotten burned or something, then he would have really been totally fucked up. But otherwise, <laughs> I think he, he was just caught up in the moment. I'll give him, you know what, I'll give it to you. I'll give him that. Like, maybe he was just like, uh, I'm not sure what it is. Like, come on, let's go get it. But I don't know, man. We you, missed a part of this, too. What did I miss? So, I think it's because I was distracted that he said librarian and not librarian. But it's I there. I heard that, too. <laughs> That's <laughs> how a, it's written, right? No, librarian. It's all right. That's not it says, li- I thought I read it wrong. There was right. a small fire. Because this is from the perspective of the children's librarian. There's a small fire, and they're trying to get everyone out of the building. The father ran out without his five-year-old daughter. He went out alone. Okay, so you didn't say that. I, d- I didn't? Oh, man. No. So I'm he went that. out alone, and they were like, there's a little girl in here. Mm-hmm. And then he came back. In. That's why I said when he realized what he had done. So then, oh, no, no. 
They got her out. We took they her took hand her and started walking around. When we finally found her dad outside, she was crying and told him they left a stuffed animal. So he said, all right, let's go back in and grabs her and goes back in. Okay, that's, yeah. We, he left Jeff, her in the burning building. From now on, can you read the story? That's <laughs> yeah. a different wow. story. That so he, he left, left his daughter. In. No, now now he's failed. <laughs> Twice. Forget about trying to save the the stuffed animal. Yeah. When you leave a burning building and your daughter's still in the building, you failed as a parent. He's so outside going. I thought it was a drill. I yeah. don't know. I, was, yeah. I don't know. I just thought she'd be she should have kept up. I can't believe she didn't hear the <laughs> she announcement. Should have kept up. Did she not up. hear the announcement? There's <laughs> a fire in there. Keep yeah. up. Do you hear the bell? I hear that's, the bell. No, that's a whole different. Man, you talk about leaving out an important detail. <laughs> I messed it up. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm lack of sleep. Well, can you imagine? Charles is your lawyer. Oh, now, yeah, yeah. You're doing 20 to life because Charles skipped a sentence. I skipped a sentence. <laughs> oh, you take the plea bargain of 80 years. Mm. And then it turns out they're like, well, we offered him eight years. <laughs> See, this is, what happens when eight have, years. this is what happens when you have kids. That, y'all don't know. You don't, you don't get sleep. I believe that. I've seen some... Parents that are not operating at all levels. No, can't do it. No, my son is out of his mind right now. He On like, New Year's, New Year's uh, Day was it? New Year's, I think. Uh, there was a woman. No, it couldn't have been. It must have been New Year's Eve. All the parking meters were free, and we overheard a mom say to another mom, "She's like, I tried three different meters, and they're not. They weren't. They're not working." And she goes, "Well, it's a holiday." And she goes, "Oh, thank God!" Gives her friend a hug, and she goes, "I." And the friend who told her the right answer goes, "Well, I just." figured it out because I tried two. I was like, wait, these are two grown adults. <laughs> well, again, and, and this is funny because I'm generally not a benefit of the doubt type person, but you guys keep catching. No, New Year's Day is a bullshit holiday. It is, yeah, 100%. Because you're not sure if it's a holiday or right. not, right? You're so not. so it is one of those days where you're like, wait a minute, is this a holiday? I agree with that. Or is it not? Or you know. parking meter is red, means you need to pay. Yeah. It's green, it means someone left some money on mm-hmm. it, or, or for whatever reason, it's it's already paid. And if it's just off, it's off. But on Yeah, but uh, on holidays, I think they might be red, but you don't have to pay or... It depends where you're at, right? If you're in Santa Monica, you just figure, look, I got to pay. Yeah, no I'm matter what, they're charging you on Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm going to get a ticket. You yeah. know, if you're in West Hollywood or Santa Monica, you're like, oh, I don't trust this meter. Don't work. <laughs> that's a setup. You choose your own <laughs> yeah. adventure sign. I don't know what that that, is. That's a setup. It's like in Manhattan. Whenever I see a parking space in Manhattan, I just assume, okay, it's illegal to park there. Yeah. Like, it's impossible. I'm not for falling for that. No empty, right? It's, no not for it's that. a setup to tow me away. Oh, my God. When I, I saw those two moms with all their kids, I said, they're probably just on mom brain right now. Bro, I was in Popeye's, and you can hear a dad yelling at his kids, like, ketchup is not a dessert. Three, oh like, three times over. He's <laughs> ketchup is not a dessert. And, like, I totally got it. Like, I get it. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, I get it. And everyone's looking at the guy like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, no, no, no. Ketchup is not a dessert. You have to tell your kids that. He's telling like his three daughters, like ketchup is not a dessert, three or four times. Yeah, I was like, I get it, dude. Because you didn't see the horrible father before him who was telling his kid, yeah, yeah, you can have ketchup yeah, for that's dessert. Great. <laughs> that's good. I'm not buying chocolate sauce. Put the ketchup on your Sunday. You ketchup for dessert. And ladies and gentlemen, that is another episode of the Bad Good Parent Podcast. I am Charles Greaves. Jeff Dye. And we were joined here by Alonzo Bowden. Thank you so much for Thank coming by. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being here, bud. We appreciate you. Till next time. Also, make sure to send us your parents affairs. We like to see them. You guys are terrible parents, and you make me feel better about myself, and you make Jeff feel more superior for not having kids. Oh, we really got to the he bottom will, of this though. Today. Jeff's still in, he's yeah, still in breeding kids. age. I like kids. He'll get caught. Yeah, he'll get caught. <laughs> that is how it'll happen. Yeah.
Here at the Bad Good Parent Podcast, your parenting fails are our fun. So don't hesitate to send them in. You can email them to bgp at iamcharlesgreaves.com. That's bgp as in bad good parent at iamcharlesgreaves.com. And follow me on Instagram at iamcharlesgreaves so you know where I'll be performing and you can come out to a show. Thanks for listening. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.